Well, hey everybody, welcome back to Church Online. So glad you're here. Uh, welcome to week number two in a brand new series uh, all about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's work in your life. We're calling it Wind and Fire. I'm so glad you're along for the ride. And this is going to be a, uh, a great series. Uh, if you didn't catch up last week, let me just encourage you to go back, watch that message uh, last week, kind of laying the foundation about the Holy Spirit. And this is also a study in the book of Acts and what it means uh, to be a book of Acts church and a book of Acts Christian and, and what they had and what they did and the revival they saw, the miracles that they saw. And here's the big idea, and this is what I told you last week, I want you to have what they had. I want to have what I read in the book of Acts. And when I see that first church and, and the miracles and the amazing things that they experienced, the revival really that they experienced, turn the world upside down after the resurrection of Jesus. I want that kind of move of God in my life. I want it in our church, and I want it for you. And so last week we talked about the Holy Spirit. We kind of laid the foundation. We said probably bad translation, honestly, spirit and ghost are kind of is the best we have, but a better translation is wind, really. And the Hebrew, it was this idea of the breath of God. It's ruach is the Hebrew word. It literally means the, the wind of God. In the New Testament, every time you see spirit or Holy Ghost, it, it's really the word pneuma in Greek. Same meaning, though. It means wind or this strong breeze. It's not spirit. It's not really ghost. It's really, it's really this idea that God breathes on you. I need that. Amen, everybody? I need that. I know you need that. The breath of God in our Lives. We said this last week, John 6 and 63. Uh, the Apostle John says, the Spirit gives life. And we kind of stopped right there last week. Let me catch uh, back up uh, in that uh, scripture. And I kind of want to keep moving forward uh, in this talk about the wind of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, but, so same passage, the Spirit gives life, but the flesh counts for nothing. Like this stuff. Like what you can what you can understand with your mind, what, what you can grasp in yourself. The Bible says it counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, this is Jesus, I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. So it makes sense that the Holy Spirit of God would give you life. I think that makes sense to everybody. But he goes on to say that the flesh doesn't, it really doesn't count for anything. In other words, our human effort to get me out of the funk I'm in or the doldrums of my life or if I could, here's the way I like to say it, if you could fix you, you already would have. If you could deliver yourself, you would have done it. I've never met uh, an alcoholic who said, man, I just kind of pulled myself up and, you know, I just did it all on my own. No, it's usually, I, you know, I had a class or I went to a group or there were some people or there was somebody in my life that, you know, helped pull me out of that. And if you could fix you, if you could get yourself out of addiction, if you could get yourself out of the sin that you were in, you would have done it a long time ago. People come to me and say, Pastor, I can stop this anytime. My, my usual response to that is, well, let's stop. Well, you can't. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. In your own flesh, you can't. What Jesus is saying here is you need the Holy Spirit. And then he said, you don't just need the Holy Spirit breathing in you, but the words that I say to you. That's what he said in John 6 and 63. Those words are spirit and their life. Let me say it this way. The pages of your Bible are not just good ideas. They're not just concepts for you to think about and maybe marinate on a little bit and think, well, that was good for them. Man, I really appreciate the way that, that turned out. And man, that looks neat. Like when I read the book of Acts, that, that looked like it was a powerful weekend. That's not, what it, that's not what it's for. It's to say when you read that book, when you read your Bible, when you read in the book of Acts that miracles happened, that blind eyes were opened, that deaf ears were opened, that prison doors were broke open, that, that, that demon-possessed people were delivered. When you read that, you can have that. Say amen, everybody. That's what it means. 2 Timothy 3.16 says it like this. That all scripture is, I chose the translation for this, all scripture is God-breathed, the Bible says, and it's useful to teach and rebuke and correct and train. So when you read your Bible, you read the book of Acts, I don't want you to say, well, that part's not for me. You know, I've met some Christians who are well-meaning who say, I don't know about all of that. You know, I, I, I like this part of the Bible, but I don't know if that's really for me, or I'm not really that kind of Christian. I don't know if we can do that. I think it was good for the disciples. I think it was good the apostles experienced that, but that's not for me. No, no, no. The, 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 I think the problem sometimes is we have all this bad theology about the Holy Spirit and what it means, and there's some downright 
spiritual abuse, honestly, of, of you know, extra biblical teaching and some stuff that's just not really right that, that prevents us from having an experience with the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? It just, it, it, it just, it's a shame, honestly, because the Holy Spirit isn't weird. I like to say it that way. If it's spooky, it's usually not spiritual. Right? If it, if it feels weird, it usually is weird. There's just, there's nothing spooky or weird about the Holy Spirit. It's life-giving. It's the breath of life. It's the power of God to push you out of a lifeless, listless, cold, dead experience with God. Type amen to that if you want that. And I want to help you understand as much as you can. And I'm going to keep coming back to this week after week about the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Especially as we look through the book of Acts and we find what's, what's there because I want it for me. What, it's, since, since it's available to them, it's available to me. And when I open up that book, there's a place of power and of blessing and of ability to do what God wants you to do. And I want that for you more than I want anything else. So since wind is probably the best word for Holy Spirit, and since we kind of t titled this series Wind and Fire, I thought I'd tell you a little bit more about the wind. Let me explain a little bit further, as much as I can. Let me, let me say this before I dive in. When I tell you I'm explaining, I'm giving you all I know. P Paul would say it like this. Everything I have, I'm giving to you. That doesn't mean I got all there is to have, right? I think sometimes one of the misconceptions about the Holy Spirit or about God in general is you figured him out and you understand it all. And I'm going to tell you everything there is to know. No, I'm going to tell you everything I know. I'm going to tell you everything I've experienced. We're going to go to God's word. We're going to say whatever's in there, we're going to believe. Amen, everybody? So there's some characteristics about wind that I think are true about wind and they're true about the Holy Spirit. I think it's the right word to describe the move of God in your life. Write these down today. Let me help you understand the nature of the Holy Spirit. Like wind, the Holy Spirit uh, uh, operates much like the wind does. Write this in your notes. Here's the first thing is that wind is unseen. You can't see it. Now you may say, well, Pastor, I, that's not true. I see, I see, you know, when a breeze comes through the trees behind you there, I see the trees move. No, you see the effects of wind. You don't see wind. You know what I'm saying? When you see the tumbleweed rolling through, you know, because there's been not, there's no rain for the last you know, 82 weeks or however long it's been. And, and it, you know, you see that it, it's the, you're not watching wind, you're watching the effects of wind. It's unseen, it's invisible, doesn't have a color. You can just see the effects of it. And the Holy Spirit is much like the wind. You can't see it. Somebody says, well, I don't know if I can believe that. I've never seen anything like that. No, I, I, you can't see it. And, and to be honest, it's tough to make it all make perfect logical sense in your mind. And I think that's the reason some people reject the doctrine of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit's move in their life is because they can't quantify it by what they see. Well, I, I can't, you know, it, it bugs some of us that we don't have the logic to explain with our mouth what, what it is that we know exists. I know it's here, I just can't see it. Write this in your notes. If you can fully understand God, then your God is too small. That's a little g, by the way. If you can fully understand your God, your God's too small. If you can explain it all away, if you could just, if you could fully understand and see and taste and touch and say, yeah, there it is, I can hold it in my hand, well, then that would be too small of a God. And when you're talking about the Holy Spirit's work in your life, you're going to have to accept there's some things I don't fully understand because I can't, I can't even really see it. I don't even know where it's coming from. But God has moved so powerfully. Listen, I can't see the wind, but I can feel the wind. I can feel when it blows into a room. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, at night, uh, uh, Brandy and I like uh, our, the temperature in the house somewhere uh, near a freezing point. You understand what I'm saying there? Like just above hypothermia is where I like to sleep. And, and you wake up in the middle of the night and it gets hot. You might know what I'm talking about, especially all the married folks. And you start throwing covers off of you and fighting over there. And, 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 she's got all, and, and then I can feel the AC kick on. And the way our bed's positioned, we made it just underneath the, just that glorious, you know, the move of the Holy Spirit in my room where that AC just blows out right on the bed right there. And I can feel it. I can't see it, but I know it's working because I can feel it. Are you following me? There's some things in your life you can't see but you know, and there's nothing like the manifest presence of God in your life. I don't know how to explain it. And I'm guessing some of you, most of you have had an experience like this with God. And if you haven't, let me just tell you, I'm praying that you will 
soon in this series. I'm praying you have that experience with God where I can't see it. I don't even know how I can fully explain it, but I feel it and I know he's here and it's and it's more. Listen close. I, t- I tell you this often, but it's just true. It's more than a good message and it's more than good lights and good music. And it's more than even a church service as much as I love being together in church. And I can't wait till we are together again very soon. As much as all of that's important, it isn't the most important. The most important thing is I have an encounter with the living God that I feel it. And I have people tell me that visit our church. One of the highest compliments I think we get in our churches. There's just something amazing going on here. I just felt something here. I just, I just, I wanted, I, I, I didn't know what to expect when I walk into a church that didn't have a home and they were meeting in a movie theater or meeting in a school or meeting in a hotel conference center. I didn't know what to expect, but, but I feel something. Well, that's the presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit. And I want more of that. Listen, if you're looking for less of that, let me just go ahead and give you the jumping off point. I want you to experience the presence of God. You may not be able to explain it. It's unseen, but it's there. Who, and, and, and let's be honest, who wants to sit on the back deck in, in my home? Brady and I bought a home. We moved to Bernie to plant a church five years ago. And we didn't know when we first, we, we'd kind of made several trips uh, down from Austin where we were living and we didn't I, I just wasn't smart enough let me I say we like Brandy had a decision here it's really me and I just wasn't smart enough to know where the sun was rising and setting do you know what I'm talking about that this is important I didn't know this was important the whole back of our house is covered in the back wall of our uh, our living area and kitchens covered in windows and our back porch is there and the sun sets there and about two o'clock in the afternoon from two in the summer till about nine o'clock it is some where close to the the surface of the sun hot back there like it's just and it don't matter it it don't matter you just I don't want to sit out there listen because you can't feel any breeze nobody wants to sit on the back porch nobody wants to sit on the deck when it's muggy and lifeless and stale you know what I'm talking about like living in Houston hello you don't want to go out there when it's just thick and, and all humid outside I like to live in the hill country where I can sit on the porch and there's a breeze blowing you know what I'm saying that's what I want for church. That's what I want in your life. Where it's not stale and muggy and lifeless, but there's a, there's a constant breeze of the Holy Spirit in my life. It's moving me forward. That's refreshing me. Say amen to that, everybody. I can't see it, but I know it's there. Acts 3.20 says it like this, that there would be times in your life, the Bible says, that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. One of my favorite phrases in all of the Bible in Acts is the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. That, that I walked in to church online this weekend and I logged on and I'm sitting here. We just fought and it's just, it's bad and it looks bleak. And the news says the world's falling apart and upside down. And who knows what is next? And what about those murder hornets? Are they back? And I, I, I mean, what's, uh, it's, all going, it's all going just terrible and, and, and finances are bad. And maybe you're struggling in your relationships and maybe your kids have gone crazy. When you get into the presence of God, hopefully in this church, I want it to be that breeze that comes. I don't just want to read about God moving that way in the Bible. I want to experience it in my life. Say amen to that, everybody. Wind is unseen. But when you look at what Jesus said after the resurrection, he's, he's talking about what it is to believe something that's unseen. John 20 and 29 says, Jesus told him, because you have seen me, You have believed. He's talking to Doubting Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas. But he said this, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. I can't fully explain it. I've never seen the wind blow. I've just seen the effects, but I believe nonetheless. And if you're going to have an experience with the Holy Spirit in your life, a book of Acts kind of experience with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to get comfortable with not seeing everything and not understanding everything, if you're going to have an ongoing, intimate, real relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit, it's not going to be because you can fully understand it. It's because you're going to have a feeling that I don't know where it comes from or how it happened, but I know He's here. Amen, everybody? Here's the second thing. Write this in your note. Uh, Wind is unseen and wind is unpredictable. Unpredictable. It's just true. Wind does whatever it wants to do. It just blows wherever it wants to. You go flying to the San Antonio airport and you'll, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. One of the things I hate most about flying is on the descent when you're coming down and the captain comes over 
uh, uh, the, the, the loudspeaker and says, hey everybody, it's a little windy in San Antonio, which is pilot words for you could die in the next five or 10 minutes. So I could just lose control of this whole thing. And you look out the windows of your Southwest flight and it'll be blue skies. And all of a sudden there's a blast of wind that blows the plane one way. You know what I'm trying to say there? Or it goes the other way. Or you'll, the worst thing that happened, this true story, Brandon and I were flying to the West Coast and we made a stop in Las Vegas. And I think God was warning me not to stay in Vegas because on our descent into Vegas, it was so bad, beautiful blue skies, hot as blazes out there. But just the wind was so violent, kind of going through the desert in there. I just knew I was going to meet the Lord in Las Vegas. This is how I'm going to go. I'm going to go out in Las Vegas. It's a true story. We landed and, and, and we made it off the plane. I laid in the floor of McLaren Airport in Las Vegas, thanking God I had lived through that experience. It just comes from wherever. You don't even know where it's coming from. And that's how... The Holy Spirit is sometimes in your life. It's unpredictable. You didn't expect it to happen this way, but He does whatever He wants to. And that messes some religious people up because we think we figured God out and God could only move this way and this group of people that way. God could only fill these people and God could only move like this. And if it doesn't happen like me, I like to sit like this because I'm from the deep south. If it didn't come out of my chimney, it's not smoke. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I've kind of figured out how you're supposed to move. And then the Holy Spirit, like the wind, is unpredictable and starts moving somewhere else. And you'll think, man, I have no idea. Like, like the other day, I read a, a report from one of our missions partners that the most, listen to this, it, since the pandemic began, the most conversions that we know of globally have happened. Are you ready for this? In the nation of Iran. Where people are coming to God by, in numbers like a thousand a day that are registering through online portals that we, we, we put our faith in Jesus, Muslims converting under candlelight and under darkness. Listen, the Holy Spirit's going to do whatever He wants to do, everybody. You can't predict how. I can't predict when. The Bible said that's how the Holy Spirit is. John 3 and 8, Jesus answers, The wind blows wherever it pleases. This is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus said. By the way, guess what word the translators translated the word wind there. Pneuma, the same word they, everywhere else in the Bible, they use the word spirit. Same exact word they chose wind there. The wind blows wherever it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. And so it is, Jesus said, with everyone born of the spirit. What Jesus is saying is when you have this Holy Spirit living, this active, empowering spirit of God inside of you, you're going, to get, you're going to have to get used to the fact that you can't pin him down. That he's going to, it's unpredictable. It takes faith to please God. That's why you have to be, we have to be people of faith. Because I got to believe when I can't predict what's happening next. I got faith. I don't know how it's, I don't put my faith in religion. I don't put it in denominations, nothing wrong. I was raised in a denomination, but I don't put my faith in that or my faith in religious systems or my I don't trust governments or political parties. You may, not me. I'm not really not donkey, really not elephant. We're the party of the lamb. Come on, everybody. Like I'm just, I'm going to put my trust in God, not in this. And, and, and I'm going to let God do whatever God wants to do. It's, it's un predictable and so many people try to box God into well this is the way I saw you work before this is the way you're supposed to work again think about this how many times did God speak in a burning bush once one time why in the world did God speak to Moses in a burning bush I have absolutely no idea I know you were waiting for some spiritual answer I have no idea I don't know why he didn't use a camel I don't know why he just didn't use a regular prophet. I don't know why, why a burning bush. I have no idea. It's unpredictable. He can do whatever he likes. But listen, what if Moses lived the rest of the 40 years going, the only way I know I heard from God is a burning bush. He would have never heard from God again. Because he boxed God in that because God moved that way one time, God's supposed to move that way every time. That's not the way the Holy Spirit works. It's when Moses could have made some requirement. Listen to this, and this is what some this is going to hurt religious people this weekend in church. Religious people don't like our church anyway, but uh, this is going to hurt. It's going to mess with some of your religious theology. You'll make a requirement for everybody to experience it the way you have, 
because it was so powerful for you, you think everybody else is supposed to experience it that way. Oh, you should have been there at the burning bush. I had to take my shoes off. It was holy ground. It was amazing. And if you don't experience it that way, you didn't really have an encounter with God. No, not one other Israelite had a burning bush experience because the wind is unpredictable. And he'll do however he wants. You, you can't time down to a system. You can't time down to my stripe and my color. And I like it this way. And I like it this volume. I, I prefer that kind of church. And you know, I'm, I, I kind of like it with stained glass. Or I kind of like a church that's scrappy and young and meets in a conference center. That's my preference, by the way. I, I just, I, I like, I, no, no, no. God said, I'll do whatever I want to do. Remember, remember in, in Mark's gospel, Jesus is touching people and healing them. He's literally laying his hands on people and healing them. And somebody says, hey, I got this blind friend and, and I'm watching Jesus lay his hands on the sick and he's healing them. It's a true story. It's in your Bible in the Gospel of Mark. And so I'm going to go get my blind friend and I'm going to bring him to Jesus and I, I'm gonna, I want him to do the hand thing <laughs> and he's going to heal my friend. So he goes and gets his blind friend and he brings him to Jesus and he says, Jesus, do the hand thing. Do it. Like lay your hands on him and heal him. And Jesus, you know what happens? He spits in the makes mud and puts spit and mud balls in his eyeballs. Now, I don't I don't know about you, but at, at, at that moment I realized I don't know if I'm following the right guy. <laughs> like I, I don't know if it's the right thing. Because I've been watching you do the hand thing, now you're doing the mud pie thing with my friend. Why'd you do it this way? I have no idea. Some people like it the same way week after week. Some people just like to that predictability. Listen, if you're going to be a person born of the Spirit, who follows after the Spirit, who is a Spirit-led, Spirit-filled believer, that book of that, you're going to have to get comfortable with the uncomfortableness of the unpredictability of wind. The Spirit moves wherever it wants to. Here's the third thing. Write this down. Wind is powerful. It's powerful. It can create energy. A couple of weeks ago, Brandy and I took our kids down to the coast to Padre Island uh, in Texas, which it, Texas refer to that as the beach. It's not really, but anyway. Uh, and, and, and on our way, to, I'd never noticed it before. We'd usually drive at night with kids, and it would just happen to be the daytime. And, and I had never noticed the large wind farms that are just off uh, the coast there in, in Padre Island. It's, it's powerful. It, it creates energy for neighborhoods, for, for cities and segments of cities. Wind can move Ships, wind can knock down cities. Just remember Hurricane Katrina. Brandy and I lived through Katrina or Hurricane Sandy. I mean, it wasn't so much the, the, the rain that came down. It was the wind that blew water in. It's, it's powerful. Let me say something very honest and frank with you. And, and, and I, I want to be very direct about this. But I have zero interest in serving a powerless God or having a powerless experience with God. I have zero interest in putting on pants and clothes and going to church and not having an encounter that's powerful. If you're just looking for a good TED talk, you probably need to surf over to TED. <laughs> you know, like, I want you to get a good TED talk there. But when you come to church, I want an encounter with a powerful God. I want a powerful experience with God. I don't just want to talk about God. I don't just want to talk about the stuff we used to do back in the day for other people. I want that stuff in my life. Say amen to that. Amen. I want to have that kind of experience. And, and, and I honestly believe with all of my heart that God has the power to change your life. That He is an all-powerful God. That, but much like wind is powerful to change and move, the Holy Spirit's powerful enough to change and move some things in my life. He has a power to raise us out of our slump. And He has a power to make us witnesses. As a matter of fact, next week I'm going to talk about the power of God in your life. Paul said it like this in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 4, he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. <laughs> you may have just tuned in to City Hills and you think, boy, that's true of this guy. <laughs> that's not very deep. I mean, very smart. Paul said, listen, if you're looking for smart and deep, you got the wrong guy. But, Paul said, I did come with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest in human wisdom, but on God's power. Like, I don't want you to come here and go, man, that makes, I can, I can rationalize a God like that. That fit into my intellectual box of God. No, no, no. I want you to come to City Hills. I want you to have an experience in your life where you go, man, that, I, I don't even know what that was. I don't even know if I fully understand it all, but that was powerful. I didn't know the words to that song, but it was 
powerful. I don't know. It was an hour long service, but it was powerful. It didn't have to be four hours long. I grew up in church when it was kind of, you know, it wasn't powerful if it didn't go past a two hour mark, you know. I didn't break a sweat, but it was still powerful that, that you have an experience with God that's powerful. Later on in that chapter, and I'm sorry, in the same book, in 1 Corinthians 4, Paul said that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. And the issue for a lot of Christians is that they, they're scared to go beyond the natural to that powerful place of supernatural in your life. And we, we've kind of gotten to the place in modern Christianity where we're just comfortable with being comfortable. And, and I'll be honest with you, I think the one thing that's true about me and it's probably true about you in this season of pandemic and isolation and uncertainty and unrest and disunity and hatred and, and everything feels like it's turned upside down is normal and natural isn't working anymore, everybody. We need a supernatural experience with God. Normal isn't changing our country. Normal isn't changing our lives. Normal isn't saving our marriages. Normal isn't bringing our kids back. Normal isn't delivering drug addicts. Normal isn't working anymore. So I need supernatural. I need something more. You, you don't need an, an intellectual experience with God or explanation for everything I don't even know how he does it, and I don't need to know how he does it. You know what I mean? I don't even know how he's going to. Listen, it doesn't have to go through my brain. It doesn't have to go through my mind for it to be a fact that God is powerful. One of the most premier revivalists of all time was a, a man named Charles Finney. I'm almost done, and we'll pray together. And Charles Finley, uh, uh, Finney uh, uh, personally led about half a million people that we know of personally to Christ, to faith in Christ. And he was fed up with kind of what he felt like in his generation, the 1800s, uh, he, he, a powerless kind of relationship with God, and he wanted everything that God had for him. So he said this. He, he really sought the Lord for an experience with the Holy Spirit, and he got it. And writing about it, this is his words. This is a quote. He said, but as I turned and I was about to take my seat by the fire, literally by his fireplace, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. And I could feel the impression, listen to this, like a wave of electricity going through me. And indeed it seemed, probably my favorite line, indeed it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. I love that. For I could not express it any other way. It's, this is Charles Finney's word. It seemed like the very breath of God. You know why it seemed like the breath of God? Because it was the very breath of God. It's the same spirit from Genesis 1 and 2. It's always been there. It's always been in your life. Genesis 1 and 2, you remember there's darkness and, 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 and formless and there's this soupy, black, inky nothingness of the earth. And the Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness. He's always been hovering over the darkness of your life. You've never been alone, not one time. God's always been there. The Spirit of God's always been there, available for you. And yet there's this disconnect between what, what do I do and I don't know and the Holy Spirit just doesn't make sense. And, and, and some people believe, well, that, well that's for them. That's for, that's for them in the Bible. Maybe that was a one-time experience. Maybe that was a limited engagement just for the early church. No, no, no. Or, or, or worse, let me tell you, there's another side of that. So there's some religious people that say, well, you know, that was just for them. There's other religious people that make you feel like a second-class Christian if you never have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And neither of those things are true. There's a ditch on both sides of those roads. Are you following me? But there is something for you to experience. A move of God in your life. Some people can't process it because it just doesn't fit into some traditional framework they grew up with. But I want you to know it's for you. Let's go back to the book of Acts and I'll wrap up our time together today. Acts 1 and 5. You, you know this, we talked about this last week. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, Jesus is telling him, go, to, go back to, the, to Jerusalem, wait there for the promise of my father. John the Baptist baptized with water. But in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord... Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? I think this is so interesting. Jesus is trying to tell them there's, a, there's an experience with the Holy Spirit. You're going to have, I got to go back to the Father. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, the Bible says he sends it in my name. But I got to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come. 
And they're asking, that's a good story. But what about, listen, what about the kingdom? You know, what, t- tell us about what's going to happen on earth. Literally, you're not going to believe this. This is true. I'm just, this is where we are in the world. The apostles literally said, oh, that Holy Spirit, that sounds good. But what about the election? Literally, they ask, well, what about the kingdom of Israel? I mean, what about this Roman occupation we got going on? When are you going to really come through on that? I mean, boy, all that Holy Spirit sounds good. I get, promise, I'll get in on that in just a minute. Tell us about when the swords come out. You know what I mean? Tell us about when the civil war happens. And Jesus says, no, it's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority. But I'll tell you what time it is. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not against anybody talking about the times that we're currently living in, I'm going to. I do. I'm not against you You wondering where, where we're at in Bible prophecy. You need to. I'm not against you being involved in, in, in politics. and You need to. You need, you need to be informed. You need to vote God's word in your life. You need to pray and ask God. You need supernatural wisdom. But listen, the question we're facing in America is, well, tell us all about what's going on in the government. No, no, no. The question is, this is what the Jesus answered them. Listen, it's not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Jesus had one agenda at this point one agenda and his agenda was you don't need to worry about all that going on in the world you need the holy spirit inside of you and i want to tell you on week two of wind and fire i know the whole world looks like it's upside down i know you got a lot of questions about what's happening in the kingdom of israel you know where where are we going to go and how's this thing going to happen no 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 i want you to have an experience with the holy spirit and when you do it'll change everything romans 8 and 11, last thing I'll read you and then we'll pray, says it like this. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Pastor, where are we at in the end times? And tell us what's going on in the world. And how's this all going to play out? And man, this election year seems crazy. And what's going on in the pandemic? And how do we explain all of this? And there seems to be so much unrest. And there seems to be so much disunity. And what do we do with all that? I'm not sure I have answers for all that. One thing I do have an answer for. If there's anything I need right now and you need right now is that same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead to live in you. That's how we're going to get through. That's how we're going to make it. That's how you're going to survive. That's how you're going to come back. That's how God's going to sustain you in this season of unrest and fear and anxiety and worry. It's the the Holy Spirit of God. It's powerful. It's unpredictable at times. does kind of what it wants to do. You can't really see it or explain it. But I know it's there. And I know you feel Him now. Matter of fact, right where you are, why don't you bow your heads and let me pray for you. I know you feel the Spirit of God, the presence of God. I prayed that you would feel it around your kitchen table where you are or in your living room or just gathered around your phone. Maybe you're in the car, just kind of propped it up, listening today. Or maybe somebody shared this link with you and you just kind of dipped in. But you know that you know. I can't see it, but I can feel it. I know there's something real about what he's saying. You need that kind of encounter with God in your life. I, 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 want you to, I want you to just write where you are with your eyes closed. I want you to pray something that sounds like this. Just your own words. God, I want that experience in my life. God, I, I, I need, I've tried, to, I've tried to reason away everything. I've tried to you know, get, get everything I could and learn everything I could. But honestly, intellectualizing God isn't working anymore. Read all the books and still don't really have something that's real and and I've done everything, and I, I, I go to church, but I still, I need more. I need an encounter with the living God. I need an encounter with the breath of God that blows into my life. And God, I pray for every person at church this weekend. Every person that's joining us now, whenever they're joining us, maybe later on in the week, I pray for people right now that are around their phone or in the bed or people on their couch or around the kitchen table with their whole families. I pray they feel the breath of God breathe into that room. Pray you'll, you'll blow sort of the wind of the Holy Spirit into their room right now. They won't be able to see it, can't really predict it. But I know He's real. I know He's here. God, I pray for strength and power to come with that. God, I pray for an uplifting. God, I pray the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead would live in them, strengthen them, encourage them, lift them, 
Put fresh air back in them. God, I pray against anxiety and fear and worry that would drain life out. I pray against the mugginess, lifeless, listless, breezeless religion that may have them bound. And I pray for a fresh, vibrant, cool breeze of the Holy Spirit right where they are. If you've never given your whole life to Jesus while you're still praying, that's the first start. The matter of fact, every believer, the Bible said, is sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the seal that you know that you know that God saved you. You can have that seal of the Holy Spirit in your life today. It just takes a simple act of prayer. It'll cost you everything, honestly, but, but it's a free gift from God. It goes like this. In your own words from the depths of your soul, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I repent of all of my sins. I give you my whole life. I give you all of my past. I give you my future, my hopes, and my dreams. God, I'm going to live my whole life for you. Save me today. Come on, say that. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time today, or you prayed that prayer for the first time in a long time, you came home today, we believe you got saved. The Bible says you got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God would save you. And that's the beginning of the best decision you've ever made. But it's not the end. There's a whole lot more God wants for you. There's a whole lot more to this life of faith. And maybe you dropped the ball of faith before and you come home today. One of the reasons may be is you never took a next step after that first step. So I want to help you with that. If you prayed that prayer today and made a fresh start with God, would you let me know? Would you fill that connection card out? And in the connection card you'll see in this video, there's a, there's a box that said, I made a fresh start with God or I recommitted my life to God today. If you'll select that, our team wants to send you one letter. It comes from me. And I have a resource, a book actually called A Fresh Start with God. It tells you about your next steps, about being water baptized. It tells you about how to live this spirit-filled life I'm talking about. We'll give you some next steps about joining a good faith-filled, Bible-believing, spirit-filled church like this one. We'll give you some steps about how you can get in a small group and surround yourself with the right people. I want to help you discover all that God has for you in this new life. And then let me end by saying how grateful I am for all of you who give and and tithe and give through the ministry at City Hills. You know, just the other day uh, was our uh, monthly Serve Saturday. So uh, we actually, uh, all throughout the year, we have an ongoing outreach, small groups and missions endeavors, not, not just around the world. We do that. We support church planters and missionaries in other countries and around the world and spreading the gospel, but really right here in our communities, in our own backyard. And I just received from one of our outreach teams that uh, just the other day, a team of our dream teamers packed 15,000 pounds of food for, for, for the, right here in our city. Matter of fact, in, in this pandemic, the San Antonio Area Food Bank has served 10 times more people than they normally have. And your giving is making that possible. Your faithfulness and generosity and tithing, everything that we do is because of you. So I'm so grateful. Whatever God lays on your heart, you'll find the way that you can give digitally, text to give. All of that's in this video. Thank you for your generosity. Thanks for being at church this weekend. Hey, next week's going to be special. I can't wait to see you there. God bless you. Have a fantastic week.